Hello and welcome back to For the Fans by the Fans podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Edwards, and joining me today, as always, is Ben and Deck. And this week, the three of us are joined by Craig Hannon, who works for the Anfield Wrap. Firstly, welcome, Craig. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about the Anfield Wrap and, and what your role is there? Yeah, nice one for having me. So the the Anfield Rap is a, a podcast that was created in 2011 by um, a couple of lads that, that are still here, Andy and Gareth. And um, basically the idea was at the time that they didn't feel like the mainstream media, um, uh, their views didn't reflect the views of Liverpool fans and match going Liverpool fans in particular. So they decided to create a podcast and that was podcasts were this new thing that um, that were done on the internet, mostly through Skype. And, uh, you know, back then Skype wasn't the same as it is now where everyone's using it and the quality is really high. It was, it was muffled, it was horrible. But what they wanted to do was create a, a Liverpool podcast that um, was done with proper radio, a uh, proper radio studio. So they hired Power Street Studio spent their own money it was just a hobby to begin with and since then it's grown to to be a, a business of um, sort of 15 uh, full-time staff um, the whole idea of it now is that we share the experience of supporting Liverpool FC from the heart of the city and that we tell the story of what it is to be a Liverpool fan rather than just sort of covering the games and telling you what happened in, in, in a game what fan media does that's different to to normal media is that it's able to tell you what the the pub was like beforehand, what a European away is like, and the celebrations afterwards in in the nightclubs and and in the bars, and um, it's able to tell its own unique story. So, uh, yeah, we're like I said, we're a full time business now, have fifteen staff. We've got offices in in Liverpool, our own studio, and it's it's grown into a bit of a phenomenon, really, that they probably couldn't have foreseen whenever they first started in two thousand and eleven. It's listened to in over 80 countries around the world. Um, we do sold out live shows all around the world, America, Hong Kong, Dubai, Australia. Um, and, and yeah, it's probably the, the sort of the, 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 the benchmark really now for, uh, for maybe fan media as a whole, but certainly um, for Liverpool podcasts. Obviously, you've just become Premier League champions, your first Premiership title and first league title in 30 years. That must feel great. Definitely, it's um, it's it's been a journey for us all, really. Um, in terms of obviously, we've had the the last three months during a pandemic where we've had to worry about whether um it would even happen, whether the season would be null and voided. Um, we've had the the last five years under Jurgen Klopp where um, there's been you know various disappointments. We've been beaten in cup finals. Um, but there's been also huge highs and huge moments and moments and experiences as well as fans because I think that's something that. Um, that this narrative around 30 years is sort of missed out on is that uh, I've seen a couple of people sit, talk about it being 30 years of hurt but actually I'm 29 so now this sort of completes a set in terms of what I've seen Liverpool win and that's absolutely everything so that you know what's going on with Wigan at the moment where they're going into administration sort of puts that into perspective that this 30 years of hurt hasn't really been 30 years of hurt it's just been 30 years of longing for something that we've you we wanted my whole lifetime like i say 29 years it's been 30 years we wanted this thing and it's it's become an obsession for liverpool fans and and now it's finally here now that journey of 30 years is has passed and it's just like a relief off your shoulders really that now you feel as if the club can push on and, and hopefully win more and hopefully Klopp can um, create a, a dynasty of his own that started with the European Cup and hopefully um, continues with, with another league title and many more in the future.
Uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on the importance of Jordan Henderson this season. I know he gets a lot of cr- criticism quite often from other teams' fans. Uh, I just wanted to know, do you think he's the most important player in Liverpool's system? Um, I don't think he's the most important in their system. I think he's hugely important in terms of his influence, um, both on and off the pitch, but as a as a leader and as a, a cultural architect for, for what Jurgen Klopp's trying to achieve, because obviously Jurgen's the, the leader at the forefront of all of this, but he needs he needs these leaders behind him to ensure that um, you know, that the, the, the team's holding themselves to account and they're and they're putting you know they're putting everything into every day as a as a footballer at Liverpool. But um, I mean, I talk about journey there that Liverpool fans have been on. Your, um, Jordan Henderson's been on a journey of his own, really. If you think about it, where he's you know he's he's signed for a big fee at a young age. Um, we many of us weren't massively excited about it, but and, and obviously quite wary of the fee. Um, is it is a difficult first season. Brendan Rodgers tries to sell him, but he says no. He wants to stay and fight for, for his place. He becomes not pivotal but important during thirteen fourteen, and then obviously he's sent off right at the end of that. Uh, and and we know what happened at the end of of that season. Liverpool don't win it. Um, and and probably since then it's been a bit of a, an up and down sort of six years for 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 Jordan Henderson. And that you talk about opposition fans and and how highly or, or or low they rate him but there's been a constant sort of battle and conversation within Liverpool's fan base as to whether he, he's rated and whether he isn't and how important he is and I think the last 18 months have been massive for his career in terms of him winning the European Cup he, he, he now has you know you know he, he now is up there with Sunis and, and and with Gerrard and, and with Phil Thompson Nemland Hughes as, as Liverpool captain that's won the European Cup and that's baggage lifted off him and I think you saw that in the season I think he's been he's had his best season at Liverpool yet he's been he's been pivotal but um, his influence sort of on and off the pitch and how he carries himself as a leader is probably his most important um, attribute and, and I mean I think that Madrid was probably a, a massive turning point for for Jordan Henderson in that I almost think if we'd lost that final and we'd lost another European Cup final with him in charge or him as captain, um, I think maybe there might have been a change of direction from Jurgen Klopp. There might have been something more drastic than just um, you know going into the next season with with the same team like he's done this time. But he didn't. He's won it. He's won a Premier League, uh, and he's you know he, he he'll he'll now go down as uh, as a hero and as um, as a captain that has achieved more than Steven Gerrard in terms of being able to to to, to win that league. So um, the last eighteen months have been massively important for him, and 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 I made up for him to be honest. You've just mentioned there, sort of, you know, the, the names he's going to go down with: Sunez, Gerard, um, just to name a few. With you know, with all this on him now, you know, Champions League win, Premier League win now. There was the talk of sort of play of the year in general for Liverpool and for the for the actual Premier League, and I think BBC give it to give it to Jordan Henderson. Do you agree with that? Do you think he's been better than De Bruyne? Do you, do you think he's been Liverpool's best player this season? Probably not. Like, uh, 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 if I'm being if I'm being completely honest, probably not. I think that, um, yeah, I just spoke about the journey there, and people love a story, don't they? They love like um, they love they love the ups and downs of a story. That someone who's fought adversity through their career and then suddenly is a hero at the end. Like that's what we all love reading about, isn't it? And that's kind of what Jordan Henderson has embodied. Um, certainly the last eighteen months, but during his Liverpool career and. Um, so in terms of him actually being the best 
player in the league probably not like if, if if we're doing it on on you know the number of goals or 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 influence or or anything like that i think de bruyne uh you know de bruyne is a, a brilliant footballer i still wouldn't give it to him i'd give it to a liverpool player because we've won the league so then then it becomes a discussion around well you know, was it does Salah or Mane deserve it with the goals they've scored? Uh, Van Dijk and, and Allison's influence at the back. I think Jordan Henderson probably gets it just because of the story and look, his performances have been brilliant. But I think if you asked any Liverpool fans, sort of, um, if 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 you had to do this season again and and you were going to have one player injured, who would you who would you not want it to be? To be Van Dijk, to be Allison, to be Salah, to be Mane, all before Jordan Henderson, and that's that's a fact, really. Um, I think in terms of his leadership and in terms of you know we've seen what he's done with the players together campaign and how he's not only led Liverpool to a league title but um, you know he's he's been the leader at the forefront of this movement from from Premier League players um, to to make a difference in society and that's really powerful. And I think that again feeds into the story and feeds into this narrative that builds Jordan Henderson up to, 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 to possibly be a winner. So I am fully behind it. I just think that if, if it was on just sheer football and ability or goals or, you know, uh, importance to, to, to Liverpool's side, you probably don't go for Jordan Henderson. Sticking on the lines of a, a journey that the Liverpool fans have been on, obviously it's a 30 year way between the titles. So, but why do you think it has taken that long for you to win the league title again? Oh, big question. Um, I think that, I, I think the longer it went on, the longer it played on the minds of the players, it became baggage on their backs. It became this thing that when a, when a new manager walked into Liverpool, no matter how good the side was and no matter where Liverpool stood in sort of the echelon of, of, of clubs in Europe, um, whether whether they just finished eighth or whether whether they just finished second, um, the first thing a manager would be asked is is you know can can this Liverpool side win the league? Can you do that? And immediately, um, you know, a new manager, new players, they walk around Melwood, they walk in the in Anfield, and they're reminded of of Liverpool's past and Liverpool's past successes. And you know, I just think the longer it would have went on, the 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 harder it almost becomes. It becomes this stigma, this thing that that is just playing on the mind. It just, like I said, we've longed for it and it's become an obsession and then suddenly it becomes an obsession um, for the whole club. I think in terms of things that have happened over the past 30 years, like I grew up in the 90s of watching um, United dominate and United dominate because um, obviously they give Ferguson a little bit more time than maybe... um, maybe most would have got at the time. He was so close to getting sacked. He doesn't. They they go on to be successful. Um, but I think in terms of United commercially, they they sort of realised what the Premier League was and was about to become. And they realised it early and they were able to tap into that. You see Old Trafford become much bigger. You see uh, a lot more become commercialised at Man United, which means that they have a lot more money to compete than Liverpool did. Um, because when Liverpool were successful, they were spending money, but, you know, they were, they were spending big on transfer fees, big uh, at the time. I mean, not in comparison to now, um, but United just seemed to be sort of one step ahead. And then, you know, from there, you've got Chelsea and Abramovich, you've got uh, Man City and the money that comes in. You know, there were always these obstacles at times when uh, Liverpool looked in some way placed to be able to sort of put up a title fight. You think of 09 and Rafa Benitez. Well, Rafa Benitez still wasn't really backed as much as, uh, as what, as, as what he could have been, as what United were at the time. Like he's, 
he's fighting for a title with with Torres, an injured Torres, uh, and and David Ngog or whoever it was behind Lauren and and that. Uh, and United had Tevez, Rooney, Ronaldo, uh, and and how do you compete with that? And they you know they come close. Thirteen fourteen um, was just something that kind of happened um, out of the brilliance of Suarez, Sturridge, uh, Coutinho in there as well. But it was it was a title push built on sand that that had no foundation. They hadn't been building towards a title push. It just sort of happened organically and uh, and then didn't happen at the end. So I think it's been it's been a, a mixture of all of that. The 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 fact that it's sort of weighed heavy on the club. The fact that throughout that time we haven't really been we haven't had the backing and haven't had the money that, that others have had. Uh, and then we've constantly come up against these billionaires or, or just Man United uh, and, and Alex Ferguson. Um, and, and now it's been this sort of perfect storm of, of the best possible manager we could have um, the best possible strategy in the, in, in the background, because, you know, Liverpool aren't flush with cash, but what they have done is they've, they've been really, really, um, you know they've had a they've had a, a perfect strategy in terms of the recruitment uh, and in terms of how they reinvest. Which and they've had harmony. That's another thing because Benitez, when he was coming close, there was you know there was boardroom battles with with the American owners at the time. There was there was you know a fraction fan base in terms of what they thought about Benitez in in terms of what they thought about the owners. Uh, and now it's just everyone sort of as one really and that's and that's why we've won the Premier League title this time we we saw the celebrations you know over the past week you know we've we saw Jurgen Klopp on the night come on you know, crying you know and he's he very much sort of dedicated it to to Liverpool Grace Sunez Dalglish Gerrard how much do you think it means to to sort of Gerrard and Dalglish and and you know other legends like that, that have sat there and, and watched them and played through some of the hard times the, I think you, I think you see from Daglish's um, reaction that he's obviously the last manager to do it, and you know he would he would never have wanted that. He'll have been he'll have spent the last thirty years, um, same as any Liverpool fan, sort of longing for it, and uh, you sort of saw the the, the how emotional he was in that, and that was like that's lovely to be able to to, to watch. I think for Gerard. Um, Gerard's career is is a mad one in that he essentially wins everything else but the one thing that he wanted to win and then he comes so close and then he there's there's this when you hear him talk about it there's this dark cloud over him that every day he thinks about that slip every day he thinks about how close they were but I think now as a as a as a fan as a Liverpool fan he'll have been he'll have been made up he'll have been emotional as well there'll be a tinge of sadness that he wasn't able to do that same as Carragher sort of mentioned the other day and that I mean, he's jealous now of this Liverpool team. He's jealous of Trent Alexander-Arnold that he's 21 and he's got a European Cup and he's got a Premier League in his pocket already. Um, I think that it's, it'll be joy mixed with a sadness, mixed with maybe a little bit of jealousy, but not in a, not in a bad way, not in a sort of spiteful way, just in a, God, I wish I, I, wish I was getting to experience that and getting to, to achieve that with Liverpool. I just wanted to touch on the transfer window in the summer. I think a lot of people are saying that Liverpool might drop off next season because of the seemingly unwilling to spend. Do you think they need to spend? And if so, where are the ideal areas of improvement for them? It's, it's, a, it's really hard for me to be able to say because um, I remember last summer, I mean, I'll go, I'll go even further back. There's been so many times during Jurgen Klopp's reign where we've either sold a player or not signed a player and the fan base have gone, 
you know, why haven't we, why have we sold Coutinho and we've not replaced him? Why, you know, why have we, when we couldn't get Van Dyke that summer, why didn't we buy a, a plan B? Um, why have we just signed Andy Robertson? Why did we, what, last season, why didn't we sign anyone? We've just won the, the Premier League. Surely you build from a position of strength, but we didn't sign anyone. So there's been so many times where I've been a bit like, oh, come on. Like, you know, do do us all a favour here. And actually, it's worked out okay. So I think we all sort of have the trust of Jurgen Klopp and, and the recruitment team. I mean, I would like new players in. I think everyone thought Timo Werner would come in. And I wasn't massively, not that I wasn't, um, I wasn't massively excited about that, uh, the, the proposition of, of, of Timo Werner, I'll be honest. And uh, I wasn't massively disappointed when we didn't sign him. I mean, it, that could come and bite me in the arse uh, next season when he bangs him in for Chelsea. But I think if, if Liverpool are going to sign a forward player, I, I almost wanted someone that was even, you know, slightly higher than that, a Sancho or, um, you know, someone of that ilk. I think I think they do need to sign someone. I think Dejan Lovren's, um, you know, looks set to leave. He looks set to leave last season. He didn't. He stays for another. I think they'll bring in a centre-back. I just don't know what calibre they go for because you've got Van Dijk and you've got Gomez. You've got Matip, but he's injury-prone. So, dance to the last part, I think centre-back probably. Um, I think they will look to to bring someone in in the in the uh, front three and if they don't then that means that they're looking at Brewster who's scoring one and two at the moment in the championship as as being uh, suffice I think I think they're probably thinking about players like Minamino and, and Naby Keita who they've signed and 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 we haven't seen the best of yet and, and sort of the potential of those two players and then they're looking at youth so Neko Williams coming in has looked solid at right back when he's played um, Curtis Jones looks like a, a real footballer a proper footballer um, Lallana will leave so I think Curtis Curtis Jones will slot in there. Um, so we might see a slightly different Liverpool. I don't think we'll see a drop-off. I think what Klopp said in the press conference was really interesting, where he says, we're not going to defend the title, we're going to attack the title. And I think uh, in the past, it's been very difficult for, for football teams to, to win it twice in a row. Um, I think it's slightly different this time for Liverpool in that they've won it this time in, in strange circumstances where they don't get the let off in the stadium. The players don't get that payoff in front of the fans uh, and they don't get the parade right away. So I think there's, there's enough in there to sort of, um, you know, to, to, to work for them next season to give them that drive and, uh, and, and and everything here from the players is exactly the same, that they want to create a dynasty. They want to win everything and they want to win it again. Uh, and that's exciting for Liverpool fans. I've got a question about a player that I should probably hate as a United fan, but um, it's a question about James Milner. Obviously, he's played for for Leeds City and now Liverpool. You know, he's he's such an extremely reliable and versatile player. Obviously, he came in, uh, you know, before he won the league. He was the only Liverpool player to have um, a league title to his name. How crucial is James Milner to Liverpool? I didn't know you were a United fan or else I wouldn't have done this. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't say that in the email. <laughs> no, well, I think... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he's, been, he's been so important and it's been sort of understated and it's gone... It, it, a lot of his importance, again, in, in, a, in a similar way to um, Jordan Henderson has sort of been behind the scenes because it's funny, we signed James Milner and it's when Gerrard's left and he's coming in and all the talk is that he's going to be in this central midfield role. And 
James Milner isn't the most exciting footballer in the world, is he? Like he's, you know, he's known for his work rate and his stamina and and getting stuck in and and being a bit of a leader in the pitch. But like he's not one that you're, you know, you're not buying your ticket to go and watch James Milner. You're buying your ticket to watch Salah and Firmino and Mane sort of dance around defenders. James Milner's a little bit different. I think he's had like a a funny Liverpool career in the first sort of season. He's 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 important in terms of the squad without being one of Liverpool's important players. He's important for Jurgen Klopp in the background as being another sort of cultural architect and being someone that, um, you know, ensures that the values that, that Jurgen Klopp is wanting to, um, the Liverpool players to uphold, it's, it's Milner that's ensuring that. He's the one that every pre, every preseason you, you hear about winning the, the lactate test and, the, and, and coming first and all the fitness drills. So he's the one that's setting, um, setting the standard in the background for, for, for the rest of the players. And that's so important. And I mean, I'm glad that he's, I mean, I'm glad that he's sort of um, evolved into something more than just that for Liverpool fans. He's this, he's this lad that we can, yeah, we can depend on him, whether it's at left back, whether it's at centre back, um, and but he's also become a bit of a cult hero for us all. Um, in that when when Liverpool win the, the the European Cup in Madrid, and I don't think it's ever been caught on camera, but when when it when the final whistle had gone, all of the players sort of stayed in the centre circle, congratulated each other, um, you know, spoke to the to the Spurs players and sort of consoled them. But James Milner was the first to run to the to the Liverpool end uh, and and do the six. Um, and and uh, like that's a moment that I'll remember forever. Is just the whole crowd left it and just went bananas at him doing this. Um, and now he's won a league title. It's you know for him to achieve both those things and and to play such a big role, not just um, in the background, but on the pitch as well. And the, uh, to sort of rough up Neymar, I've, I've loved sort of seeing him get stuck into people like Neymar and, and throw his weight around and set the tone for a football game in the same way Andy Robertson's done as well. So he's, he's been massively important and, and, and I think we all love him now. Um, and and I'm, I'm, you know, he could go down as, as one of Liverpool's best ever free transfers, really. Yeah, as I mentioned, I should probably hate him, but I can't. I can't. I just he's he's a brilliant guy, and that that comment he made after that um that game about you know where you're gonna go home and have a have a glass of wine, he just come out with Rabina. You know you can't you can't hate him, can you? I almost want him to like. I almost want him just to like. You know, I, I want to see him get pissed or something, or I want to see him like celebrate in a different way that's not his usual sort of calm and you know drinking a Ribena, having a Yorkshire tea, taking the piss out of himself, and like how people perceive him as being boring. Uh, I'd love just to see him just let loose really and do something wild whenever we get the period uh, eventually. But he's just like the consummate professional, and Ian, he's he's the one that like any any sort of footballer um any sort of person that wants to be a footballer should look at James Milner and think what can I sort of learn from him and that's exactly what the young players do at Liverpool so we've just been talking about Milner not supposed to being a superstar but the team is kind of filled with superstars if you'd like but would you say Greg that this team is the greatest ever in Premier League history Oh, it's a really like. I mean, I'm obviously I'm I'm biased, and so whenever someone asks me this, to try and like remove myself from that because like, I think I think to to do that, um, we need to keep winning. I think it's maybe too early for that conversation. Like, I'd love it's certainly the best Liverpool side I've ever seen, and it's the most exciting. Uh, exhilarating Liverpool side that like our dads and our granddads have seen so in terms of Liverpool I'll say it might be the best ever it obviously hasn't achieved what 
um, Liverpool teams in the past did uh, before the Premier League and so on, but it's on its way to doing so. I think in terms of the Premier League, I mean, that City team a couple of seasons ago was just incredible. And I remember looking at that and thinking, you know, they're going to be the barrier. They're going to be the stumbling block for Liverpool over the next few years. That If Liverpool are going to challenge, they're going to have to like dethrone this team. How are they going to do that? And they have. They've managed to do that uh, in in knocking them out of the Champions League and in, in running them so close last year, but winning, winning the European Cup, which they haven't, and then obviously winning the league this year. Uh, I think next year will be interesting. If you ask me the same question in 12 months and Liverpool have won the league again, then I'll say yes because... Um, I think the City team were the best we've ever seen. I think there's obviously great United sides. So 0809 I mentioned earlier that 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 front three was just incredible. Michael Carrick and behind them, you know, there's they they were a brilliant Rio Ferdinand and so on. They were a brilliant side. They obviously win the European Cup that year as well, I think, or the year after. Um that's sort of how I would measure it all. But uh, in terms of being able to say it right now. With my bias head on, I'd say yes, definitely. But with my sort of more measured, um, you know, thinking, I'd say maybe just not yet, but maybe on a par with the others. I mean, I think, obviously, some of the teams that you get compared to, so obviously United 99, the treble winners, City, when they got 100 points, won the FA Cup and the League Cup, if my memory serves me right. But would you like to see Liverpool push on on more fronts in one season? Because obviously this season, really, the FA Cup and the League Cup was given up with a whimper. Yeah, yeah, I would be. You know, I'd love to win the FA Cup. I think um, people sort of try and devalue the 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 value of of, of the FA Cup and and the League Cup. But like, you know, the first the first trophy that I can remember Liverpool winning in my well, the first trophy Liverpool won in my lifetime is the League Cup. The first trophy I can remember them winning in my lifetime is the League Cup in, in 01. The, the the first trophy I saw them left live was the League Cup uh, in 2012. Um, so, like, it holds, like, a certain place for me. So, like, even people will say, you know, it's a bit it's a bit shy. It's, you know, say what you like about it. It's still trophy. It's still silverware. It's still a day out of Wembley. Uh, and same, with, same goes with the FA Cup. There's still a bit of magic in that for me just because I was probably my age is probably one of the last generations that it was seen to have this magic. I think now kids are growing up and it's a bit meh. While when I was a kid, you know, Mike Lone scores um, two late goals in 2001. You know, you see United win the, uh, as part of the travel in 99. Um, it, it, it was this sort of big deal. I think he might do next season. I think why Jurgen Klopp has done this is he's known that by winning the FA Cup, it's not really going to cut it. It's not really going to have him remembered as a, as a great, as a Liverpool um, manager. He knew that the two trophies to do that would be the European Cup and, and the league. And now he's done that. It'd be interesting to see sort of next season, um, you know, what he does. The only thing with next season really is obviously it's been pushed back. And so, that means more games and something Jurgen Klopp's complained about throughout his time is, is how many games there are to play in England, how there's no real break. And so that might play into things next season because again, we're not going to win the European Cup this year because we're out of it. So we'll want to win that next year. Uh, we'll want to, will want to retain the league. So then there's two things that are in front of winning the FA Cup and winning the League Cup. Um, and there's less time, there's more matches. It might become a bit more difficult. So um, I think we'll see on that. But I think if it's not this year, just with everything that's going on, I certainly think further down the line, uh, Klopp will want to win it. He'll want to, he'll want to win everything for Liverpool. 
I won't complain about the FA Cup because you know we are in the semis and obviously I want to see us win something. Um, but uh, obviously, come on, us ball one fans. I've got to agree that the magic's definitely gone. I think uh, a couple of seasons ago we saw a few non-leagues. You know, they got a few non-league clubs there. You know, they seem to do all right, but then eventually, obviously, they they went out. I think we are. Did one of them travel to Arsenal or, or Tottenham, something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it was a quarters when Lincoln got there. Yeah, so uh, obviously this week we saw the African Cup of Nations delayed by a year, so players like Mane, Salah and probably less important, Matip get to stay for the second half of the season. Do you think this plays into Liverpool's hands in replicating success? Definitely. Uh, and I think that I think it's played into Liverpool's transfer strategy as well, because I think that if if the the, the AFCON had had happened uh, this season as the way it's meant to, I think we probably do sign Timo Werner. I think they probably do spend uh on him. I think what they're looking at now is um you know, they're not going to have that month without without even Keita as well was another one. Like there's there's three. I think Matip is retired now from Cameroon. I mean, he's mostly injured, but um, but yeah, those three definitely. I mean, I can't even imagine sort of having to do a month without Salah and Mane um, <laughs> up front for us. You know, trying to fight in all fronts, knowing that the schedule is going to be sort of more packed than it usually is, and 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 knowing that we'll have to work even harder to to, to retain the title. So it definitely will play into Liverpool's hands and I think I think that's helped sort of dictate some of the decisions that they've made um, uh, in terms of their transfer strategy in terms of who they need they think they need to bring in um, I think that's where that's that's what makes next season more interesting I, I think that Liverpool have have been holding back on their spending last season uh, and this season to sort of um, take a bit of a risk, but knowing that they've got a good enough squad to to compete, and and you know they've won the league by spending, I think it was seven mil last year, and that was on Minamino when he already played. Um, I think that what they're doing now is they're thinking, well, we're strong enough, um, and and City have you know City have so many footballers to try and um, to to try and. Um, Replace in terms of Silva, in terms of Sane, and um, they've got a bit of a rebuilding job. While Liverpool are 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 quite comfortable at the minute, I think that what they'll do is they'll hold off um, on not signing big big names this summer, and then maybe to next year. I think you might see them go for an Mbappe, which sounds mad to say, but I think they might just sort of go for someone like that and hold off until next summer. Maybe a Sancho, um, and and sort of hold the money now, spend it next year. Uh, and then that's the beginning of a rebuilding because I think then you might look at someone like Salah who might think, well, I quite fancy something else somewhere else. Yeah, so you spoke about Minamino. Do you think he was signed with the Cup of Nations in mind to replace him for that sort of month or so? Possibly. I think I think he was he was certainly signed for next season. I think they've signed him at a time when they knew that the release clause was low, that they get, could get a decent player in for seven million, work with him for sort of six months, get allow him to understand the system because we've seen with players like Fabinho with Oxlade Chamberlain with Robertson that it takes about six months to get used to this and do what Klopp really wants you to do. And if you don't do what Klopp wants you to do, then you're probably out the door or you're not playing much, a la Shakiri. Um I think that I think that they've signed him for next season. I think they probably actually signed him for someone that can come in instead of Roberto Firmino because he's played he's played so much football. Um and they seem to be in the that little mini preseason they just had, they seem to be playing Minamino in his role where he comes deep and then allows Manny and Salah to push on on the two wings. So I think I think that's where they probably sort of see him fitting. 
Just to finish off today, uh, obviously today is Thursday, the 2nd of July. How do you feel about tonight's game? Obviously, you know, maybe he can go into it relaxed, but knowing Klopp, he'll probably be having his players thinking of it as if they haven't won the league yet. They'll be, they'll be wanting to to maybe embarrass City tonight just to just to rub it into Pep a bit more. It's going to be a really interesting game. I'm, I'm really excited about it just because I think you're right. The, the pressure is sort of lifted. There is no pressure watching it, but I think both of them will be dying to win it. Like, first of all, City have to give us a guard of honour, which would be great. It'd be lovely to watch Raheem Sterling give us a guard of honour as champions. That'll be perfect. Um, but then that'll also serve as as motivation for City's players, both in this game and next year, because Guardiola will be telling them, you don't want to be doing that again. You don't have to clap them onto the pitch again. Um, and so I think tonight is going to be a bit of a mad game. I think both will be will be bang up for it. I think Liverpool, like you say, will want to sort of rub their noses in it and want to... Liverpool want the points total. They want to, They want the record points total. So this will set them on uh, on that sort of journey for the rest of the season. City will want to, um, you know, tarnish in some way um, what Liverpool have done and ensure that it's harder for them to, to reach the points total as City have set. Uh, and both teams will want to um, build sort of momentum into the next season because we've seen both teams are momentum teams. They're they're both teams that once they get going, they're very hard to stop. And both Guardiola and Klopp will know that the, the next season will begin and will probably begin about two weeks after this one finishes. And so, you know, they'll want that. They'll want that momentum going into next season to ensure that they're best placed to, to 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 fight for the title, but I just thought it was interesting what Klopp said, like I mentioned earlier, about not defending the title, attacking the title next season, and the fact he's already talking about that uh, means that these sort of next seven games or whatever it is, um, he'll see them as hugely important rather than what some people might see as a time to rotate. I think he'll drop young players in to get them a bit of experience, but it'll be more about um, you know going be raring to go going into next season. Would you have preferred to win it tonight, Greg? No, I, I really wanted to win it last Thursday, to be honest. I wanted to win it last Wednesday because I thought I want to win it when, when Liverpool are playing. Um, and and then obviously it couldn't happen. I wanted to win it last Thursday because it was like beautiful weather. And um, and we, re- we were all able to watch it outside with our mates and then go to Anfield, kind of social distance and kind of not. Um, but, you know, be able to celebrate it, I think. It would have been, I mean, it would have been exciting watching a game against City and almost being a bit of a cup final, but I'm glad it happened in the way it did because I'm glad that the players got to have a bit of a party and get got to sit down and watch it together and almost have the experience we had as fans rather than having to go and put 90 minutes in against uh, Guardiola's Man, Man City and at the end of it be too, be too wrecked and, and, and done in to be able to in any way celebrate it. So I'm happy the way it's happened. We get to enjoy tonight's game. That's all we have time for today. Thank you to Ben Deck and Craig for joining me this week. A massive congratulations to Liverpool and all their fans. I'm sure as a United fan, I'll be reminded of it frequently enough. Um, I've been your host, Ashley Edwards, and we'll see you soon. But for now, stay safe.